Thanks so much for joining us this week. I especially want to say hi to those watching from our Aldergrove campus. If you're watching from your couch or maybe you're sitting in the bleachers at Aldergrove High School, I am so glad that you're watching. Last week, we wrapped up our series on called, that we called You in Five Years. And this week, we start a brand new series called Change Before You Have To. Well, we know that change is hard for people. And a lot of people don't change even when they're forced to. I found a study from 2013 where the Journal of the American Medical Association reported that one in four men who had a heart episode didn't make any lifestyle changes. One in four. Doctors, they'd recommend improving their health so they wouldn't have another heart episode. And one in four wouldn't do things like, you know, just stop smoking or change your diet or just go for a regular walk. Now, these men knew that if they didn't change, they knew that they had a higher chance of having another heart episode and they could be choosing death, but they decided to risk it. And, and now they, they may have looked at the change and thought, that's too hard. That's, that's way too much work. Now, we know that thinking about change is easy. Talking about change is easy. But changing, really changing, now that's, that's hard. One in four of the men didn't change. But the good news is three of the four did. And they realized that sometimes, man, you got to move on. Sometimes you've got to do something different. I think that everyone wants to change, but not everyone can get to the point of changing. Sometimes it takes a heart attack for them to see that you need to do something different. Now, if, if the series You in Five Years was you getting to the point of thinking right, this series is getting you to act right. We said over and over over these last few weeks that right thinking should, should lead to right living. Now, we know that you've been paying attention. So over these next few weeks, we're going to look at what, what practice that you should adopt into your life. So now that you have this new mindset, we're going to ask you to maybe think how you should act differently. Now, there are some times in our lives when we hold on to the past. The, the world has changed and we haven't. I'm sure that every generation can say that the world has changed. We've all seen change, no matter if you're 50 or if you're five. It's fun to think of all the changes that have happened in my lifetime, even, even the simple thing as a phone. Now, when I was 12, my favorite phone in the whole house was the one in the kitchen. It had a really long cord, so you could walk into the dining room and close the door, and you could get some privacy and talk with your best friend about the girl you had a crush on. Now, if you, if you told 12-year-old Troy over 35 years ago that one day you could take your phone almost anywhere in the world without a cord, and you'd be able to talk to someone and not only talk to them, but see them as you talk to them, I don't know what I would have said. Then, then if you told me that phone part on your new phone would be the thing that you use it for the least, now your phone is your Walkman. Yeah, I grew up with a Walkman. And, and you, just don't, you just don't have one cassette in there. You have all the songs in the world on it. it it's your camera. And, and when you take pictures, you can see them right away, way, way quicker than a Polaroid. You can take video with it. You can write letters with it. You can watch TV and movies with it. It's my bank. I can read my Bible on it. it. It's also my map. So when I'm driving, I can get around in the car. And you know how cool this is? It will update those maps with live traffic updates by talking to you. 
It will tell you when your favorite team scores a goal or a touchdown. Now, now that might have been my favorite thing because th that was important to me. I often had to wait for the Saturday paper in the morning to find out what the scores were the night before. Do you even remember newspapers? <laughs> Some of us have memories of a simpler time. But I think the majority of us wouldn't go back to the ways that things were done. We like the convenience of the world we live in. You know, the, there was a time in my life where I, would, I live without my iPhone. It's hard to remember. Now, now we, can't we can't imagine leaving the house without our phones. Now, how many of you have turned around and gone home when you realized you forgot your phone? How many of your teenagers have smartphones? How many of you panic a little when your teens are out of the house and they're out of range and you can't find them on your Find Your Friends app through their phones? <laughs> but the fact remains, time moves on, even when we don't want it to. And sometimes you have to move on. In this series, we're going to talk about change and, and moving on. So in your life, right now, what, what do you have to move on from? Uh, I know that we're not the first generation who's had to deal with letting go of something that we valued in the past. There are lots of great examples in history where people had to do something different. They had to use different tools to get a job done or, or even move. Some of them had to move to a new place. You know, they had to let go of something that was once very valuable and they had to take hold of something that was new. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a, a character in the Old Testament and his name, his name is Elisha. Now today, we're going to be looking at three different things. We're going to be looking at, we're, we're, first, we're going to be looking at a story from 1 Kings chapter 19, and you can turn there now if you, if you have your Bibles or your phones. <laughs> we'll, be read, we'll be reading a part of this chapter in a few minutes. Now today, we're going to be looking at ball, a bald prophet, we're going to be looking at bums, <laughs> and we're going to be looking at barbecues. But before we get there, maybe just some background on Elisha. Elisha was an Old Testament prophet who did some amazing, miraculous things. And he was known as the bald prophet. You know, there's a famous story of where Elisha, he's walking in between these two cities and a big group of teenagers start yelling at him from a hill. And they're saying, go away, baldy. <laughs> it's not very nice. So he cursed them. And then two bears came out of the hills and mauled these teenagers. <laughs> it's a weird story, right? Now, you may not have even known that was in the Bible. It's, it's really, it's worth reading. It's worth picking up and reading that story. You know, maybe the moral of the story is this summer when you're hiking in the mountains, don't make fun of the bald people. <laughs> just saying. And if you're hair compromised, <laughs> Elisha may have just become your favorite Bible character. <laughs> but Elisha is a historical character that shows up in other writings. He's not just found in the Old Testament. He's someone, he's someone who took over from another legendary prophet named Elijah. E Elisha was a major prophet in Israel from 892 to 832 BC. It, it, it's a fact that Islam and Baha'i faith, they actually mention him by name in their writings as well. So this is a major person in world history, not just biblical history. Now, when you hear the word prophet, you might think that they were some kind of fortune teller, you know, someone to speak of the future. Now, in the Old Testament, they, they did do that some, sometimes. But in the Old Testament, prophets were more known to having a unique experience with God. And then they were encouraged to speak on God's behalf. Now, the, the, the thing that they talked about the most, the, the thing that just, just kept them up at night was reminding 
It was reminding their main audience, the, the Israelites, about that unique partnership between them and God. The message for a prophet to the Israelites was, was simple. And then this was their message. Hey, hey, don't forget that you were slaves and God brought you out of that slavery. You are to partner with God and you are to be a people of justice and generosity. You are to show the world who the true loving person of God really is. This partnership God asked the Israelites was to give their loyalty to God alone. And in the Old Testament, they would call this partnership a covenant. But if you've ever taken time and read the history in the Old Testament, you'll find the stories of the Israelites sounding the same after a while, because you see the same thing time and time again, the kings and the people wandering away from the covenant, the prom, you know, the, this promise that God has set up from the people. And then this is where the prophets would come into play. The prophet's job was to remind people of their role in the world. They were to be the guiding lights for the world around them. These prophets, they would they was always warn their audience about the same thing. They'd warn them about idolatry. They'd warn them about the, against worshiping other gods. They, they'd warn them against aligning with other nations who God knew would lead them astray. They would also, they would also remind them that they, would, they, would, they, would, they should fight against injustice towards the poor. The justice. The, the, the prophets would always call the people to repent, to change the way they thought, to act justly. The prophets were constantly talking about God's ability to forgive them if they would just confess and change their ways. Now we find Elisha is, is, is one in a long line of these messengers from God who are encouraging the Israelites to change their ways, to repent, change the way they thought and turn to God. They were encouraging the people to do something better, let go of the past and move on. Because sometimes... We just, we, we have to move on. So let's read the beginning of this story on Elisha in 1 Kings chapter 19, where we will see a story of Elisha having to move on and to do something different. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 says this, So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Saphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elisha went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this verse. There's two men in this story, Elijah and Elisha. And like I've said before, they're both prophets. And sometimes it makes it very confusing keeping them apart because their names, they sound so, so alike. But in this story, we find, we find Elisha plowing a field. He'd probably been doing this job for a long time time. Elisha was being faithful with what he was supposed to do at the time. And God says, when you are faithful with the little, God will trust you with the much. <laughs> Many believe that Elisha came from a wealthy family and was just helping his family out here. His job, his job was simply this. You need to sit behind the oxen as they plow the fields. <laughs> I can imagine that being a hard job. I can imagine that being a dirty job not much of a view. Same view every day. Same ox butts. <laughs> Elijah was working hard, probably in a very monotonous job, every day looking at the same thing, the same butts, <laughs> doing a dirty job. 
outside, probably wondering, is there more to life than this? Ever had a monotonous job? One of the jobs I have at home and I find myself doing every now and then is unloading the dishwasher. And every time I unload it, I think, didn't I just do this? <laughs> Sometimes I think we should just go to paper plates. It's the same thing, same oxen butts. <laughs> have you ever had a job and it seems you're doing the same thing day after day? If, if you did, you and Elisha could relate to each other. You might be in sales and every month you, you have these goals and you meet them every month. And then the next month you have the same goals and it, they don't change. And you do it again. It's the same thing over and over. Same oxen butts. Although this job may have been boring, Elisha was faithful at what he did. He worked hard and probably long hours in his spot looking at the backside of oxen. But this day, this day was about to change his life. Elisha had been working and along comes another prophet named Elijah. You know, e Elijah would have been very popular and respected at the time. Now, Elijah finds Elisha working the fields and he throws his cloaks over his shoulders and then just walks away. Am I the only one who thinks this might be a little weird? Like, what, what, does, that, what does that mean? Elijah would have been very well known. You know, in that part of the country, everywhere he went, people would recognize him. He was giving Elisha what was his identity. He was saying, the way people think about me is the way that people are going to think about you. He was, in, in a way, he was picking his successor. He was saying, this guy, this guy who's plowing the fields with oxen is the guy who I think can do what I do. When I'm gone, this is the guy who, th that's going to continue to call you towards obeying God. And he did this by throwing his cloak on him. Then this cloak would have been made of some kind of animal skin. It, it would stand out so people would know who he was. Now, I don't, I don't know if we truly understand what that meant when we live in the 21st century, but that would have been very symbolic to them. Elijah was giving Elisha his covering. He would have been recognized just by what he wore. You see this cloak? You know there's the guy that you could talk to about the message, the message of God. So let's go back to this story in verse 20. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, let me first go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. Then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go back, but think about what I have done to you. Elisha stopped what he was doing. He didn't, even, he didn't even go back and take the oxen back to the barn. He just left them in the field. He stopped his job and he ran after this prophet. I love the fact that Elisha didn't have to know all the details before he followed what God had for him. He trusted God with his future and followed without knowing all the details. Now, let me tell you, when God, when God calls you to do something, you'll never know all the details. I don't know what we do if we did know all the details. You, you, won't ever know, you won't ever have all your question answered. Because if we knew the tough times that we were going to go through, we might not follow God into what he has for us. We might not be able to handle all of the details. Now, you, you don't have to understand everything to obey. Now, don't, don't hear me say that you just follow blindly into whatever. But just don't think you'll have all your questions answered before you follow. 
You notice there wasn't a pros and a cons list. Elisha had just moved forward. He, he didn't even pray about it. He just moved. He knew what God called him to do, and he did it. What Elisha was doing wasn't bad. Plowing fields wasn't evil. It was fine, but it just wasn't best for him. He had substituted good for the best when God had the best for him. Have you ever done this? Is there anything in your life where you've settled for good, which isn't bad, but God has so much more for you? We like the idea of change, but the process is hard and sometimes long. We, we know that God has something more for us, but sometimes it takes letting go of something. It takes mourning something. It takes often changing and turning into a new chapter. But what's stopping you from taking that next step? Let's pick up the story in verse 21. So Elisha returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He had a little bit of a barbecue. He passed around the meat to the townspeople. He had a little party with his friends. And they all ate. And then he went with Elijah to be his assistant. Elisha wasn't just going to follow Elijah around. He was going to take it a step further. He was going to make sure that he wasn't going to be able to come back. These were the animals that brought him his income. He used them for work. He used them for security. No oxen, no work, no work, no money. Interesting. Elisha felt this call to something different. But maybe, maybe, maybe Elisha knew that if he didn't do something drastic, there would always be this temptation to go back and do something that he was comfortable with. When things got tough, And when you follow God, things always get tough. He'd be tempted to go back and work the fields because that's something that he's familiar with. When things get tough, we are tempted to always go back. Always are tempted to go back to the familiar. But he did everything that he could do so he wouldn't be able. He wouldn't be able to go back. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire and he slaughtered the oxen dead. He he had no more means of making money. And then he had a barbecue for his buddies. Sometimes for us to go forward, we need to burn the past. Maybe, Maybe for you to take your next step with Jesus, maybe you need to let go of something from your past. When Elisha went into his next chapter in his life, he went all in. He pushed all the chips into the middle of the table. He let go of the past and he actually burnt the past so he couldn't go back. Sometimes when we go to the next chapter, we make some changes that we need to make. We need to burn the past. Let me pray for you today. Father, we're so grateful for this amazing man of God. We're thankful that we can read his stories. We're thankful that he set the example by by turning the page on his past, by putting the things that he used to do and being allowing him to do something different. So God, even today, I pray that we might think of ways that we can do something different in our lives, the things that you are calling us to. Help us to be obedient to that even today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So today, we're gonna do a question of the day. It's an opportunity for you to chat about what we've just talked about, either with the people you are watching with or maybe think about it on your own. And, And here is the question. Have you ever had to obey God without knowing what was on the other side? How did that turn out? Take a moment now 
talk with that with the people you're with or think about it on your own. So what are you holding on to that's not letting you move on? <laughs> what, what do you need to burn? What do, you, what do you need to close the chapter on? Is there, is there a relationship that you need to let go of? Maybe you've been dating the same person for years and you know they're just not right for you. They're, they're not leading you towards Jesus, but you think, but they're, but they're so nice. Maybe, maybe you need to have a barbecue and, and move on. Maybe you've been in business and they're constantly doing things that are questionable. They, they might not be illegal, but you know that just because they're not illegal, it doesn't mean you should be doing them. Maybe, maybe you need to have a barbecue and move on. Maybe, maybe you're a young adult and you've been in school for something that you just don't feel right about. You, you know that God has something more for you. Maybe you're doing it because you have this desire to look successful, or maybe it's something your parents wanted you to do, but you have such a desire to do something else. Have a barbecue and move on. Maybe, maybe you've got a bunch of friends in your life, and every time you're together, you do things that you know you shouldn't. Maybe you need to block and delete from your phone. Maybe it's time to have a barbecue and just move on. I love barbecues. I love summer where we can eat outside and cook outside on the barbecue. And I hope that every time you have a barbecue this spring and summer, you're reminded that there are things in your life that you need to move on from. You need to move on from them, not because they are bad, but because it has something so much better for you. Romans chapter 16, verses 26 and 27 says this, but now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all the Gentiles everywhere, so that, that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the wise and only God, through Jesus Christ, forever and amen. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you back here next week.